Apparently, we have found the fast track to getting published. We're very excited to talk about it. Season 8, Episode 11, I believe, of Ditch Diggers with Mer Lafferty and Cameron Hurley. And ain't no wannabes here With some not so nice advice For your writing career To be clear No punches will be pulled But the punch may be spiked How they like before they get on the mic To my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty And if I piss her off Believe me she'll come after me And her co-host Matt Evan Wallace On the right Yes she may be half as hype But she could take him in a fight So settle in folks Buckle in and boot up Time to meddle in a way To make your writer shut up It's hard work But the perk is that It's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there When you're done writing Ditch diggers And we're coming to you live from the Ohio silos of the Ditch Digger Manor. Mer Lafferty, Cameron Hurley, Ditch Diggers, talking about writing and business. How are you, Cameron? You know, I, I'm i pretty good. I can have no complaints. Well, I have few complaints that I will air here. How's that? <laughs> sure. For another couple minutes, so give me a couple minutes. Maybe I'll find some things to clear the air with. So. Okay. Sounds good. How the hell are you? I'm okay. I'm a little low energy today, but overall, I'm all right. Um, I got. I'm helping a friend out with a project, uh, with some narrative stuff, and that was my focus today. So I did a lot of that, and um, I've got a couple of projects that are kind of weighing on me, and they're kind of becoming albatrosses. So mm-hmm. I, I really hope I can knock at least get some movement on those so they won't find out, that they won't turn into the what is this one going to be about kind of feeling. <laughs> but um, hopefully it's a well air-conditioned silo. Yeah, I don't think we're getting the heat that the Europe's getting right now. Are you guys getting like worse heat than usual? No, it's regular heat here. It's yeah. like, it's not even quite surface of Venus time yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, get those um, we do get the occasional spell, but no, it's just regular hot here. Yeah, yeah. Plant trees, man. I, have, I planted like 36 trees, and that is pretty much the only reason I can go outside in the summer here, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't follow Cameron on Instagram, you really should. She's worth getting an Instagram account if you don't have one, because Cameron has turned her backyard into literal Eden. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw two naked people in one of your photos. I didn't want to say anything because it was rude, but I'm pretty sure Adam and Eve are back there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is It is pretty good. It, it's also called the Killing Fields because, of course, we have four dogs. So, Chris <laughs> <laughs> gets murdered. Uh, every time I see a cute little bunny, I'm like, run! Yeah. Yeah, so, no, we have, uh, and again, we have two ducks and four chickens now, and we have them, it's like Fort Knox, man. We have the the chicken, not chicken wire, we have the, like, the really sturdy stuff. Anyway, we have that that lockdown, like, Mm -hmm. that place, we call it the airlock, you know, before we open their coop, we have, oh, yeah, and we open that, and we close it, then we open their coop and let them out, because, whew, we've had some close calls, we've had some close calls. Yeah, yeah, my dog, uh, every time I hear about the, the cute, gentle dogs who just pick up little <laughs> animals and carry them around, I'm like, I have seen an animal disappear down my dog's gullet. <laughs> I have seen it go, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, no. uh-huh, 
it's all gone. <laughs> yes, that was a horrifying day. <laughs> That's when I learned that a rabbit is 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 more attractive than a piece of rawhide because I was kind of trying to mm-hmm. trade it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mean, anyway. tend to, yeah. It has to be really high value, like cheese or something. Mm, yeah. Had not I, tried cheese. Yeah. But anyway, I'm uh, sorry to get take it down a dark dark path. Uh, I hope people are doing well. I should probably say hi to the chat since y'all are all saying hi to me. Starred Green is here. Numbers Ninja, my awesome moderator, is here. Uh, Lee and Underpope and Cheryl. HS Valley Inzi, is it late for you? Or is it early for you? I can't keep track. Primalina, kids are asleep. Preemie's here. I've still got the, uh, the embarrassing prompt for Preemie because uh, she's amazing and won a nebula. And uh, 100 plus in Sacramento, but that's normal. Yeah, I mean, we're in the low 90s right now. Uh, thank you for the follow. Actually, we had two follows. Thank you both. Um, Ontario's getting a heat wave. Watership down. Yeah, there's a dog loose in the wood. Has, did anybody watch the uh, update of that? I heard that Great, now I can't... I, I am terrible with names. I'm terrible with names that I come up with. I'm terrible with names from other people's stuff, so please forgive me. But the guy who played Finn in the new Star Wars, I uh, heard he was in it. But, James Boyer. I think. Possibly. Maybe. The chat will know. chat will know. John Boyega, thank <laughs> you, Lady Tremere. <laughs> yes. Hot here in Indiana, Tubler. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, Jasmine. Uh, Premi says it's 80 freedom degrees up here in my life. Nice little spot of Canada. Cat is smushed up against me. Why? He is, <laughs> is he not hot? Does he not know that I am hot? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My dog just comes over and just mashes her head on my knee and just like looks up at me. And I'm like, you're very warm. And your head is heavy. <laughs> Oh, thank you for the subscription, Jasmine. Wow, 15 months. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I I Cam- it's been a little while cuz we took the time off and then mm-hmm. uh and Cameron's only with us once a month with her gracious gift of her time. Thank you very much, Cameron. Very glad to have you back. But I'm very glad that this coincided at the same time because I really wanted to hear Cameron's opinions on what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> because we found, uh, my husband found this actually, this article in The Guardian. I'm going to put it in the chat and try to remember to put it in the show notes. Um, there's going to be a new reality show, y'all. It's, it's to find America's next great author. Because everybody knows that watching people write is the sexiest stuff that you've ever seen. It's just like, you know, <laughs> learning how to dance and singing and all of that. It's really entertaining. Um. All right, so that you link know, is in the chat. Yeah. If you follow it, but yeah. we. I don't a- think it's gonna make it out of pilot. I don't know that they're gonna. I mean, they they're gonna have to basically have them do uh, hazing each other, which is basically what it is. And that, you know, we had this big joke. We had that joke at Clarion when I went to Clarion, uh, Clarion West. That oh, wouldn't this be great as a reality TV show? And then we're like, yeah, but ninety percent of your day is just sitting in front of your computer and making coffee. Yeah. Um, well, so what makes it a great year at what would have made it a great reality show is all the interpersonal drama, right? Exactly. Oh my God, we 
you it's one story a week we're down to the wire will you get it done yeah. um and so yeah so i mean i the, i can kind of see him there but here's the problem it's not a short story a week which actually i think could be very compelling yeah it's a novel over a month um yeah. and that and then what defines a novel right someone who just write the 20 million times here's mm-hmm. your fifty thousand words of you know um modern dance interpreted <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Glass in a novel. There's a lot of rules around this. A lot of, you know, um, people doing that. Yeah, and the preemies saying in the chat. Yeah, I could totally see it. Um, in a, yeah, doing a writing workshop, watching because you know America, they love to watch people get their ass handed to them. They'd be crying and screaming, mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, those kinds of things. That kind of drama. But I can't see what they're pitching, which is just go write a novel. Uh, in a month and then we'll have some fun little challenges that maybe you do i think it's and it's not it, it's you know run by a successful author it's just mm-hmm. i just don't know how compelling that's going to be um awesome. without again you're in drama of you're writing a short story a week with 17 strangers and you're there's all this interpersonal drama and there's only like seven of them or something i'm like that's yeah. not enough for drama yeah, yeah you gotta have that 12 to 17 um, again, there's a reason that Clarion is the hot kettle that it is and can be such a mess. Because then you get clicks, right? It's mm-hmm. yellow jack. You got your clicks going on, uh, and people are, are eating each other, and, and sometimes literally, and things are going down, and like then they're drinking, you know, Jamba Juice and vodka in the middle of the night. And that could be compelling. Um, that's true. But- that's true. I've, I've, uh, I personally don't like it, but I know I'm I'm an outlier here. But you know, uh, Ink Master is almost you know, it's maybe half uh, tattooing, and mm-hmm. the other half is all head games. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got an old lady who wants a tattoo, and that skin's just gonna rip. And so I'm gonna give her to this person I hate. This person like I know why he gave me the old lady who wants the tattoo. He hates me. And you're thinking, did you ever think you'd say that word, that sentence? Did you ever think that? And, um, yeah, apparently the prize is $2,500 because I... Yeah, I think, because I was reading that too, I think it's just for the pilot. Okay. I think you have to, that, it's like hard to get through the first round. I don't think it's been greenlit. I think the only the pilot has been greenlit, okay, and they're talking I about hope so. Yeah, because yeah, I read twenty five hundred two, and I'm like, well, that's not worth it. Like, why would you go? You know, I mean, have you seen inflation? Like, <laughs> that's barely gonna get you. Can't even get you a month of rent in New York City. I mean, dear lord. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of people are trying to figure out how it would be entertaining. A couple of people are admitting that they would watch it. I would probably watch it. It's it's because every time I think a show's not going to be entertaining, they manage to often make it so. I thought the whole dancing reality show was the stupidest fucking thing I'd ever heard. And we actually watched one of the seasons. It was entertaining. And um, it was the one where Chris Kattan revealed that he'd broken his neck on the set of Saturday Night Live and he didn't reveal it until after he'd been kicked off and I thought that uh, the fact that he didn't divulge that early it stinks of reality show BS 
Yeah. They're like, oh, you move so stiffly. He's like, yeah, well, I broke my neck. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And that's, that's one of my problems, too. Like, you know, one of the reasons that Great British Bake Off uh, does so well and people love it so much is because, they, like, they actually help each other and they mm-hmm. work together. The problem with U.S. shows is that they, they feed they feed the drama. They want there to be drama and people tearing each other's hair out and hooking up and not hooking up. They make sure that there's plenty of alcohol in the house. Somebody mm-hmm. freaks out and starts tearing their clothes off. And, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where, yeah, sure, it's entertaining in the way that, you know, watching the daytime, what was it, the Maury and, and Donahue. Oh, like yeah, the oh, Donahue. Yeah. Man, back in the day, who's the father? Who of these people is the father of my child? I'll do the paternity test. Oh, it's none of them. Oh, and it's 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 that thing where you're going to like laugh at people as opposed to watching people succeed. Um, And so that's just it's just always rough for me. Um, U.S. reality shows are very difficult sometimes for me to watch. There are a few like bearing sea gold or shit like that. So. There's some that that's, that I'll watch, but it, it, the, the more manufactured it becomes, the, the tougher it is to watch. I watched Pawn Stars for a long time because at least it wasn't let's destroy each other. It was yeah. oh, here's some interesting tidbits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we watch the the the, the, the people were talking about Gordon Ramsay in the chat again. I can't think of names of anything. Uh, the one with Gordon Ramsay, the 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 yelling one. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down. Master Chef. Mm-hmm. And. It's like you've got people saying, I know she ran out of butter, but I'm not helping her. I'm not ready to go home yet. I didn't come here to make friends. What other reality trope can I say? And then on Great British Bake Off, you've got like, oh, man, do you need some help? Because I'll come over there and I will hold it so it doesn't fall. And I will bring you more flour. And yeah. It's like, okay, well, everything just fell on the ground. Let's pick it up, brush it off, and hope that, <laughs> that Paul didn't see. And they're all just there to help each other out. It's so wholesome. So I love I, it. I would like to talk about Clarion a little bit more. Um, but to 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 go on, it's... Uh, I do want to say one thing. It's uh, The show is aiming to attract a wide and diverse range of applicants. That's great. America's Next Great Author is dedicated to including writers who aren't normally given a seat at the table in mainstream publishing, reads the mission statement. Contestants don't have to be graduates of elite MFA programs that basically guarantee an open door to the book business. Guaranteed! (laughs) You spend a hundred grand on your MFA and you're guaranteed a deal. Wow. Um, (laughs) Wish wish I would have known that. I mean, it's possible that I did not go to an elite MFA program, but um, I had my book deal before I went. I'd got it, gotten it like the month before. But I can tell you, I graduated with a lot of a lot of people, and uh, I don't think any of them sold a book yet. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about my my fellow students. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's hard out there for everybody, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's it does not guarantee you shit. A lot of people well, say, just... "Why do you want an MFA?" And I wanted an MFA because I wanted to get better. I wanted to study writing under the people at Stone Coast. It's like nobody really got the fact that I wanted to learn. I actually wanted to learn. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with that degree? I'm like, I just I just want to learn under these people. I I it's either like Clarion or 
this program, and this program lasts longer, but Clarion is six straight weeks. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be away for that long, so yeah. I chose the MFA. But, um, yeah. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of Clarion. How many of us got book contracts uh, after Clarion? Was... But a lot more come out of Clarion than I think any anywhere yeah. else. Probably anywhere else, yeah. I'm thinking, like, it was me, um... Uh, Patrick Weeks and David Levine mm. and that might be it. I think Amy Sisson had some had some short stories. Greg Beatty had some short stories. Um, but I think that's it. and that's three of seventeen. I think we were. And that again, that, that's hot. Like that is that is considered like usually you say at Clarion, it's like two to three people actually go on to like have careers writing, and it goes long longer than like five years. Um, one person actually came to it having written a book and had it published like 20 years before, which I thought was funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, no, just because you've attended these things does not give you a, you know, a free pass. Yeah. <laughs> you can still be a crappy writer coming out of these programs yeah. or just not a commercial writer. I mean, let's be real. You know, a lot of people, especially come out of MFA programs. Um, and they're just, they're writing, they, maybe they're writing weird novels and they don't understand plot and structure. And so they're writing things that nobody picks up. Um, maybe they come, you know, out of sci-fi and they got plot and structure, but there's other things that, you know, they're, they're having problems with. They so. don't write the unhappy marriage of a college professor quite right. Who's <laughs> banging? Mm -hmm. It's student. And, and yeah. suffering through the ennui of banging a student. <laughs> When I think about Viable Paradise, um, the people who came out of there were who who have published that I know of. I have not kept up with everybody. Uh, Scott Hawkins, who did the Library at Mount Char, um, John Chu, who won the Hugo for Best Short Story. I think it might have been the year you won. I didn't win a short. No, I, no, but you won for nonfiction. Oh, for something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know a couple of other people have done things within science fiction, such as Dave Thompson was uh, editor of Podcastle for a little while, and, um, oh, Elise Matheson, but she's doing uh, art and not writing. She won the Hugo for Best Fan Artist. Yeah. And, um, and one of them, Mac, went on to run... Bible Paradise, <laughs> so it's oh, like, yeah. even, I, actually, that's a, I'm starting to think that's a pretty high percentage. high. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, now that I'm I mean, a lot of it. people, yeah, I had, I had, uh, actually two people come out of that, uh, experience again, six weeks, short story a week, and said, I realized I don't want to be a writer, and that was actually a valuable thing for me to learn. I know, I know a couple of people who did oh, that, this. too. Yeah, <laughs> this is this sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is, that is a valuable thing to know that now, I, you know, maybe I'll write a short story once now, but I, I don't want to spend all my time, you know, pursuing this brass ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Actually people are saying they know people who've done that too. Uh, under Pope says, I know a couple of clearing graduates who've given up on writing. I know one person oh, who did, I won't say their name. Um, but they, I think they gave up on writing cause they figured they, they were unable to publish and figured the, um, like these people, apparently, in The Guardian, think that the, the, the game is cooked and, um, you know, there's a, there's a, the, the man doesn't want them to get published and stuff, so. Mm -hmm. um, 
Oh, and earlier Daniel asked if he needs to bring more drama to our kick in the pants workshop that we do. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't handle shit like that. I can't. I, I would I would fall apart in any reality show. Any of them. <laughs> I would be the one in the corner sobbing. <laughs> and for, yeah. I just get there and start crying because I just be like, I don't know what's happening and there are people who just relish the idea of being the villain and mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's like, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not good with the drama and reality tropes really annoy me. The whole, I'm not here to make friends and, uh, Except for the kids, MasterChef kids, they all say, I'm worried about my friends or whatever. They always mention the friends during the interviews, which is just pure and, and glorious because the adults are like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not ready to go home. Who, who the hell is ever ready to go home at a reality show? Sorry, I am small, small uh, irritations. Um, you know, we've actually had somebody at our clearing class where, yeah, I think after the first two short stories, they just actually stopped writing short stories for like during the workshop because mm. it was stressful. So they just stayed yeah. and what critiqued. They just stayed and critiqued. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just didn't write. And I just was like, why would you come here and spend all this time and all this money and not do it? But they learned very quickly. It was just not for them. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I could never be on reality TV. It's all made up, right? I mean, it's all, yeah. it's all produced to within an inch of its life. I mean, if you read, if you actually read, you know, stories from people who are producers on reality shows, mm -hmm. I mean, super manipulative and how they cut things and how they push people. Um, they're always trying to, you know, screw people up. Um, yeah. So I, I would never, I would never do it. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a series of a season of ink masters where they were trying to take two popular contestants from a previous season who were like hated each other and mm -hmm. they would, they were supposed to, like, take all the new ones and they'd make teams. So you had the two teams going against each other. And um, you could tell the way these guys would talk to each other when they were, like, throwing shade. They almost looked like they were reading off a cue card. And then when they would discuss just general tattoo stuff, you could tell they were friends. Yeah. <laughs> totally respected each other. It was, it was just so silly. But I will say that we're watching um, Lego Masters right now. Yeah, which is just amazing seeing what these people can create um, and they're actually quite funny because you can tell the producers are trying to get these two teams to go against each other these people I mean I I think them being bad at it is part of it because mm. they could I don't think the publish, the producers would show it if they actually were trying to be good at it it's just like you know, they're laughing at each other going, hey, why are you copying me? No, hey, why are you copying us? And and later on, someone's like, well, you got to team up with another team. And someone's like, well, I guess we better go over and ask our arch enemies. So you guys, our enemies, want to be on this team together? <laughs> I mean, they're just like, they're just so bad at this. Let's pretend we hate each other thing. And they're they're barely trying. And it's actually very sweet. Um because they can't stop that. smiling when they're when they're just these absolute nerdy Lego fans are just like talking to other absolutely nerdy Lego fans, and you can tell they just want to sit around and nerd about Lego together, but they have to pretend to be to hate each other. 
But um, I I am betting they could spin it to be entertaining, but I really can't imagine being. A, I mean, but you know the kind of people who want to be on these kinds of shows are like the kind of people who who sign up to get free tattoos from Ink Masters. Yes. Well, and I was just going to say, you know, how many people, like, we were just talking, you know, just like, well, I would never be on that show, Hell right? Yeah. <laughs> already, already you're taking, um, all the readers be like, well, fuck, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get a very certain type of person as a writer um, on that type of show, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you only get $2,500 to make it through the first round. Yeah. But the, um, but you know, the writers are going to be very knowledgeable in this whole, like, elite conspiracy to get only MFA people through the publishing doors and no one else. And I, well, I, you know, there's got to be, a, there's going to be an evil MFA in there. Someone's going to oh, sneak in. They're going to realize, oh shit, he has an MFA. Oh, elitist. Oh, and so that they can all throw things at him. So yeah, I'm sure no, that'll. I don't want to watch. <laughs> See, it's all about conflict and tension. Yeah. Who are the people that you put together that will have the most conflict together? That, that's the problem, too, is that's how they're choosing this, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're choosing it like, again, like we would arrange a book, a story. Is how, how who can I put together where they write, ruffle each other's feathers mm -hmm. the most? Um, let's have the super religious person and the, you know, super not religious person. Let's have the super conservative and the super liberal. Yeah. You know, let's throw them all into a pot. Yeah. With the heavily tattooed biker with the nun, and yeah, <laughs> I don't know what reality show the heavily tattooed biker and the nun are both going to be contestants on, but I would watch that one too. <laughs> um, uh, Fig White, hello. I'd love an online workshop I could participate in, even if so many of the workshops weren't so expensive. I can't take the required time away from work. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, have them though. We have, don't we still have um the uh online writing workshop? Science I, don't I don't know if the online writing workshop is still uh, viable, but speaking of viable, Viable Paradise is only a week. It's yeah. definitely not Clarion. Odyssey, um, mm -hmm. which I always kind of equate with Clarion, but it's not because they they have a slightly different like way of teaching. But um, it's it's also a six. It was a six week residential. Uh, thing, but they've gone 100% virtual and they're staying 100% virtual. So, uh, if you look back in the Ditch Digger archives, I interviewed somebody from Odyssey this year to talk about what their changes are going to be. And I think that's going to be a year long thing, which also is, it's going to be expensive, but it's not taking all that time away from work. Mm -hmm. um, so, there there are some options. Let's see. Our well, I, was I'm looking at it. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I'll put the link in the chat. But yeah, online writing workshop still exists. Um, Elizabeth Bear uh, went up through that one. Yeah, so did like, I. Times a year, so yeah, I'll put the link in the chat. Uh, Kids Are Asleep says our VP class is pretty successful. I think at least half of us are somewhat published at this point. That's great. Yeah, I'm always surprised. Not, not. I don't know why I'm surprised, but but seeing people who were successful, who are Vital Paradise uh, graduates too which is pretty cool. Um, oh, that's right. Chat reminds me. I'm still giving away two copies of the Kaiju Preservation Society. You can... Uh, hey, Cameron Hurley followed me! Yay! <laughs> uh, I 
the chat apparently wasn't following no, you. No, you can You can unfollow me right afterwards. Don't worry. Okay. Um, yes, we're still giving away two copies of Kaiju Preservation Society. I'm doing the, the drawing on um, Wednesday. It's not going to be live, but I'm giving everybody till the 20th. Uh, just email me, mightymertgmail.com, with the words uh, giveaway somewhere, and or just say you want to win the Kaiju Preservation Society. I say this like I get mountains and mountains of email, and you're going to have to put giveaway to stand out, but I'll read it. Um, okay, Kimmy shows up belatedly. Welcome. That sounds fabulous. Are you talking about the Ink Masters thing I was talking about, K. Kimmy? Sounding fabulous, because it's, it's not a new season. It's It was a couple of years ago. Uh, if Numbers Ninja's still in the chat, they might know. They might remember which one it was. Um, Voice of Kiki, able to catch part of a live stream. Welcome! Elite Conspiracy is the name of my new band. Premi, can I play the triangle in your new band? <laughs> Are you pitching a writing competition reality show now? Yes, Kate Kimmy. Um, I will put that link in the chat. I hate Windows. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Help. When a heavily tattooed non in a bike who's afraid of getting tattoos, that's good. <laughs> That'll be a white bread, so no interest, probably a little diversity, and then the white guy wins surprise. Um, they said they do want to go for diversity, and their main judge is a uh, black author who has won the Newbery Medal, if that helps at all. I don't know. Uh, thank you, everybody, for putting the links and the online writing workshop. I am clearly behind in chat. <laughs> it was the Ink Master where they were doing cover-ups and they paired the black man with the guy who wanted to cover up Nazi-themed tattoos. Okay. Oh, yeah, Cameron, you can't put a link yet, because... Oh, I'm too new. All right. Hang on. You're going to have to do it, Mark. Okay, you should be able to do it now. I got powers. Oh. <laughs> Lego Masters thing, I think I've only seen the first season. There is a second season. So that's what we're watching now. I'm here, what's the question? Which season? Uh, it's the one with the the two past... I can't remember anybody's name. My god, that's like the third time I've said this, and it's true. It, it's when they took the two people from previous seasons, and they put them head-to-head at... -head um, and they each had a team, and they were trying to put the two guys against each other because they hated each other, and you could tell when they talked that they were just, like, they were friends who respected each other, but they had to be like, oh, you're going down, and, and all, you know, that whole tattooed dude, cross arms, big muscles, large tattoos in your face kind of thing, uh, that pose... Does the band need somebody who played trumpet for two years around the turn of the century and hasn't touched one since? Uh, Daniel, I'm leaving it to Preemie because Preemie is uh, leader of the band. So, I don't know. Yes, we need this position filled. Great, Preemie. Thank you. I can scream real loud. Well, under Pope, I'm sure if we have a... Uh... Yeah, why not? You always need a really good screamer. I'm gonna set, put the guardian the guardian thing in the chat again. I'm gonna try. Why can't I copy and paste? Windows, why you gotta be like this? So I want to know who in the chat would try to be part of this. 
Everything's gotta be difficult. I can't even yell at Bill Gates anymore because he's like trying to make a vac, do the COVID vaccination thing, and help uh, uh, and fix malaria and and sleep with his employees, but. Just because someone does good things in the world doesn't mean they're not an asshole. I yeah, mean, or yeah, that they have right. things. And just because someone's done an asshole thing doesn't mean that you know they don't occasionally do nice things. I think that's that's one of the things that it, it, again, it's that problem we have now is either so you love something it's wonderful or you hate them because it's problematic. And like I love all sorts of problematic stories and media mm-hmm. and all that. And I I can acknowledge this is problematic as shit, um, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it can be like, well, Bill Gates, you know, has done some that bad things in the world. He's also funding some really good research. That is okay. The human brain can contain both pieces of information. That's true. Yeah. It's just uh, Twitter that has a problem with that. It's only yeah. one. They can only one message Twitter. It's yes or no. Yeah, I was trying uh, to promote level of prey. Yeah, years and years ago, I was trying to promote a uh, women's health charity and someone contacted me saying okay this is before all of the joss whedon terribleness oh but they're like you shouldn't give to them because joss whedon is a spokesman and he said this one time about i can't remember what it was but it's like it was one of those let's throw everything under the bus because of one thing joss whedon said this is before all the terrible stuff that came out this was like and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to burn it all down for one asshole, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this is the problem of politics. Yeah. I didn't agree with Obama on everything, but mm-hmm. I would have rather had him. And I, you know, you just kind of have to wonder, well, how bad will it be <laughs> with this person versus how bad will it be with this person? <laughs> Okay, well, I will take the one. Yeah, I just, yeah, no, it's, it's, you have to contain the multitudes of, they're gonna do some stuff you don't like. And everybody's gonna do some stuff you don't like. We have gone to a different place. But <laughs> because I was just complaining about cutting and pasting. Um, we were talking about Death Metal and Cookie Monster. Uh, Numbers said you would rather dance naked on camera. I'm assuming you mean rather than be in a reality show. At least that would be over quick, yes. <laughs> no desire to be on, ever be, be on reality TV of any kind. Yeah, they drag out the torture. I click Merge link and Twitch says, are you sure you want to go there? It was The Guardian, right? I mean, did I... Did I <laughs> Did I link something bad? I know, I, I I just linked the guard. Maybe it was because it was a really long one. I don't know. I don't know. Um, being a child of the 70s, I still love the Dukes of Hazzard and want a General Lee replica. Yeehaw! Snape did nice things at the end, was a mean jerk for years. Yeah, I never got the whole, like, yeah, you you don't abuse a child like he did and just, yeah. Um, 
And living under a rock, apparently. He, yeah, he treated some people. He treated yeah, the women all- on his shows very badly. Very yeah, badly. just Google it. Google it. There's plenty to plenty yeah. online. Oh, they, w- they went through like a hundred cars an episode. Yes. <laughs> um. I wasn't gonna go off on the Princess Bride, Jasmine. I know that everybody else loves it, so. I, uh, yeah. Anyway, I hope they end up with a bunch of extroverted writers. That's a really good point, Preemie. If they grabbed, like, six of us, it would be, like, four people locked in their rooms and come out maybe at mealtime. Maybe, yeah. And two people who... And two extroverts who are really trying hard to have some sort of antagonistic relationship for the camera who really just want a nap. Yeah, no, I think, again, it'll be mostly a, a lot of extroverted, um, creative artists. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll choose them very well. So, no, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met an extroverted writer. I'm kind of extroverted. Scalzi's fairly extroverted. Scalzi's fairly extroverted. Um, I feel like either age or the pandemic is making me more introverted because I've, I'm suddenly discovering the, I've been around people now, I'm tired feeling, when I used to really love it. I least, especially cons, I would look forward to cons, and then just, like, being around all of my people would just thrill me. And mm-hmm. I think it was conventions that had me finally learn what an introvert was as opposed to an extrovert. <laughs> Yeah. Now I have to go back to my room, and I have to yep. close the door and draw the curtains, and I have to sit, and I'll be very I happy. I bed and watch HGTV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Where did Cameron go? She's lying in a dark room watching HGTV so she can recharge for her next event. Yeah. So if you ever wonder where I'm at, if I am at a con and you don't see me, that is where I'm at. And you got me like, wandering around with a bottle of scotch going, Cameron, just hang out with me! I have the scotch! I won't talk much, I promise! <laughs> if I was on the show, I'd be the one distracting everyone while I put off my writing until the last possible moment. If they had ADHD writers, I would watch that in a second. That would actually be entertaining <laughs> because they would all put it off to the last minute. Scalzi is an outlier in many ways. We fake extrovert well with bouts of it. Yes, sometimes. My main deterrent to reality competitions is absurd time crunches. Well, yeah, you basically have to do NaNoWriMo. And I'm wondering what they mean by novel. If they're going to do the NaNoWriMo yeah. thing of 50,000. If they're going to do the, uh, what is it? And SIFWA, which yeah. is 40,000, isn't it? Yeah, SIFWA definition think, of I novel. Yeah, I think they'll do 50 because of NaNoWriMo. Um, my concern is just, again, what is a novel? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a really good question. It's like, people know what a tattoo is, but when it comes to, you know, what is a novel, um, you know, I've read some really weird novels. I mean, you could write, you could just copy and paste the same thing over and over and over again, with yeah. slight change it, call it a novel and say, here's why it's amazing. I have a um, glass of literature. Yeah. So, um, and that's the thing too. How are they going to keep them from like, importing writing they've already done and i immediately went there right oh i get a flash drive and i'm i have something else i've already written oh sure yeah i wrote fifty thousand words yeah uh i think 
you know, yeah, that, that was where I immediately went to. I was going to cheat that easily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Kids Are Asleep says, ADHD writer show. A dozen people cleaning their writer house and taking long walks and trying to find the one tab they need among the 500 tabs they have open. Wow, <laughs> Kids Are Asleep, just come for me next time. Those tabs are all really important. You don't know. <laughs> wow. I don't even know. But yes, as chat says, Station Eternity is up for pre-order, as is The Kids Are Asleep's new book. Which I don't know if I can reach. Yes, I can. Haha. Prime Perceptions. Is that? No, that's that's the second one. I'm good at this. Here we go. You can tell because it says uncorrected proof. Fault tolerance. Fault tolerance. Available for pre-order by Valerie Valdez, a.k.a. The Kids Are Asleep. It comes out August the 2th. There we go. You're welcome. I'm sure I've written 50,000 words on this novel, but have probably deleted about 45,000 of them. Yeah, and did they have to finish the novel? That's what gets me. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I've written 92,000 words that I then threw all out. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a special one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a novel that ended up taking five years, because I wrote it once, and it was like, this is what my agent literally was like, this is not very good. <laughs> Oh, man. Wow. So, she's like, you were really pissed when I when I told you that. I said, yeah, because I knew you were right. So, yeah, no, I threw that all out, and I started over. 92,000. Wow. Because I, I had to do that, but that was with my um, my novella. So that was mm -hmm. just like 20,000. But I had to do it yeah. twice. So mm -hmm. that, was, that was painful. <laughs> um, my new chaos habit, closing all the tabs at the end of every writing session. <laughs> My stomach just left my body, says kids are asleep. Wow. Me every time Firefox crashes, restore my tabs or I riot. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think um, if we could find a way to do it, we should do a watch party of this, because even though we agree that it's kind of silly with the whole elite MFA program, elite is now a bad word, which I believe is a dog whistle thing. Oh, it is. It, no, means, it, it means wealthy liberal, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, the elite MFA programs, uh, I still think they'll make it entertaining and there will be, you're right. There will be an MFA, uh, oh, yeah. guy. if I don't know if yeah. they're still doing it cause I'm really not on Twitter much anymore, but, uh, there was a really good Twitter feed called guy in your MFA. Oh yeah. Yeah. And no, that's a, that was a great Twitter feed. Yeah. It was, it was, all oh, it was painful. It was so good, it was painful. I recommend looking for Guy in Your MFA. We've all known that guy. Anyone who's been in any kind of writing, like, because I did a lot of, I didn't, I didn't get MFA, because, for many reasons, but, um, I, uh, I did have, like, in college, and high school, and, like, I would do a lot of creative writing programs, and, um, all that, and there's always that guy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's still that, that guy in your MFA. Oh, no, he stopped, stopped in 2019. Oh, that's oh. too bad. Well, you can still, like, just read the archive, because it's oh yeah, read the archive. Really yeah. good, and by really good, I mean incredibly painful. <laughs> um, so, Cameron, what are you reading these days? Oh, what am I reading? Uh, I'm reading *Wake the Dead* by our friend T. Kingfisher. Actually, oh, wow. um, yeah, it's a goth, kind of a gothic uh, 
weird retelling of Fall of the House of Usher. So, and it's very short. So I'm trying to finish up that one. Mostly, you know, my mom's been sending me a lot of domestic thrillers. Mm -hmm. and uh, Oh, yeah, I'm like, like getting my uh, psychological thriller advice from you. Yep, yeah, I've been going through quite a few of them. Again, I was really into Lorth Ann White for a long time, but then I got through her entire backlist. <laughs> it was one of those. What did like she when write? I got into Crafton. Huh? What did she write? Uh, she was the one, she, oh man, what were they all called? I don't know. It's a lot of them, and they were almost all really good. She actually started out writing romantic suspense, mm. um, like uh, Harlequin kind of novels, and then move kind of transition to romantic thrillers, and then now they feel more domestic thrillery. So it was interesting. That's always fun when you, you know, discover a writer later in their career, because then you can kind of go back and watch the evolution of their career. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really interesting just – you know, her evolution as an author was uh, was cool to see. So, yeah. Um, so yes, I'm actually not reading a ton. Um, I'm watching a lot of TV, um, tons of murder shows, and of course, Yellow Jackets. I'm yeah. obsessed with Yellow Jackets. Um, you know, they pitched it as Lord of the Flies, but women, and I'm like, well, that sounds terrible. But it's actually a horror show, um, and there's some really nice, like, supernatural undercurrents to it. And it's about, again, these older women dealing with this trauma that they never, or, or carrying this trauma that they, from their childhood or their, their teenage or years that they never process right. and it haunts them. And it's just so good. Um, Christine Ricci is having Ooh. the time of her life is Misty. Um, it is a, it's a really great show. So mostly, yeah, watching a lot of TV. Um, and yeah, I have that, that backlog of domestic thrillers that I need to get through. So what about you? Um, yeah, I forget everything until I pull up my Audible. Um, you know, every time, every once in a while, you go back into your 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 to be read pile and realize there's been something sitting there for quite some time that shouldn't have been. I'm reading the Book of Accidents by Chuck Wendig. Oh um, yes, I love. It. Yep. And um, yeah, I've got a large stack I need to read for the podcast and. Um, I'm reading a lot of slush for Escape Pod, and, uh, and it is my Audible credit refresh day, which is very exciting. I almost bought three credits this morning to buy something, and I thought, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that, that's gonna, I gotta have those tomorrow. Um, I recently read, uh, Winterset Hollow, which has... It's a self-pub book, kind of a, like a Winnie the Pooh meets Hunger Games kind of thing. It's the uh, <laughs> childhood, favorite childhood book was actually based on real anthropomorphic animals. Also, they want to kill you. Um, and that was, it was, it was rusty in some places, but it was a uh, pretty solid narrative. Um, and, uh, what... What else did I read? I read something else recently. What is it? Damn it. Mm. It's gonna it's gonna bother me a lot. <laughs> it was another Oh, it was in a Riley Sager book. House Across the Lake or something. Have you read a lot of Riley Sager? I don't even know if I'm saying so. it right. Yeah, The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. Yeah, and I was going to say, House Across the Lake could be, like, could, is evocative of so many different books. Yes, like, exactly. All the, the, yeah, the Across the Lake in the Woods, yeah. Yeah, have you, well, have you watched the uh, parody of these kinds of stories? 
Uh, the Kristen one with Bell? I really tried. It was super awkward. Oh, okay. It was just really awkward to me. Um, it, it didn't hit my. Yeah, I, it, it didn't work for me. Yeah. yeah, where where it where it hit, it it was really good. But I think a lot yeah. of it was presenting outrageous things without. You still had people wondering if it was real or if it was satire. Mm. I mean, like, like so many things not understood. Like, for some reason, she kept getting casseroles out of the oven without hot pads and Mm -hmm. burning her hands. And then she, uh... (laughs) But then, you know, when there's the finally hooking up with the hot guy who's possible suspect... They have sex all over the house. They're, it's just like cut from scene to scene to scene. They're just like, they're over here, they're in the kitchen, they're on the stairs. And it was just so funny watching, just thinking like, in reality. <laughs> it's like, that, was, that was really over the top. So I think it was interesting, but what it made me wonder is, and this is, I think this is a cinematic thing, not a writer thing, how it failed in the... Yeah. You know, you could tell it was ridiculous that all of these things were happening. But it, I don't think it's ridiculous enough. Like, the sex thing was very clearly ridiculous. The amount she was drinking... Well, I've seen lots of media try to, you know, pass that off as normal or she's having a bad day kind of thing. Like, I didn't like the movie Sideways because I'm just like, this is a comedy? It's about an alcoholic. This oh, it's a dark one. And I actually liked that one. I didn't think it was dark. Oh, no. I thought the tone was just perfect. Um, yeah, a dark, a dark comedy. And that was what didn't work for me with this one. It didn't know what it was. Yeah. Are you a dark comedy? No. Are you straight-up satire? No. Are you serious? No. It, it really wasn't sure. Because you know, we talk about genre markers, right, mm-hmm. as authors at the time. And there wasn't something there was not a genre i'm like okay good this is gonna be a send-up of the thrillers and it felt like a bunch of set pieces that never really kind of came together for me um and the tone was just not it it wasn't right i didn't have a marker um and so i think that was that was my struggle with it for sure well it's really funny because a lot of people complain about the whole formulaic thing of especially genre books Mm -hmm. um but those formula help us like with the genre markers, like you said, and I won't spoil it, but one of my problems with the Riley Sager book um, was it kind of veered into a genre that it did not prepare me for, and mm-hmm. I was kind of annoyed at that. Um, you know, you can actively dislike something if you're expecting something different. It could be like incredible, but if you're really expecting something different, then you know, you could, the experience of expecting X and getting Y can just break your mind. And by you, I mean me. I'm just thinking of some things that were just fine or universally loved, and I'm just like, I expected something else and did not like this. Um, well, and here's the thing. I, I think this whole, um, oh, nobody likes formula is an elitist MFA thing. Everyone loves a formula. Everyone loves it. Yes. Romance novel. Murder shows. I watch murder shows. 
if if the murderer doesn't get got by the end of the murder show, fuck that show. It's doing yeah. a terrible job. That's not why I'm, I'm watching it, right? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think for, for most people who consume media, we're consuming a piece of media for a certain type of experience. I think of, again, Sue Grafton's alphabet novels. I mm-hmm. read those, like, all within three months right after the wow. 26th election. Well, yeah, I was, you know, deep in booze and murder books because I wanted the bad guys to get caught, right? And I, I'm that way a lot right now, right, with all the hearings and everything. Um, I want to see the bad guys get punished. And if I'm reading a murder book and I'm not getting that out of it, that's not the experience that I'm looking for. So, yeah, as authors, you know, you're – you're um, and as, as an author who I – who I write certain types of novels at this point too. People want to come to your books for a certain type of experience. I want to, you know, read a Cameron Hurley novel with kick-ass ladies and things are dark, but there's hope at the end. And you know, the world is transforming and like you get a certain kind of experience and that's why people, um, you know, kind of gravitate to your stuff. Um, so yeah. So I think that, I think that that's, that's just silly. People, of course, love formulas. Romance. Romance is 40% of the industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's romance. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we are up on an hour now. If anybody in chat has any questions about writing reality shows, because clearly we are both um, experts now, or <laughs> anything in general regarding ditch digging, or if you are listening to this later and would like to ask me a question... Uh, email MightyMertGmail.com if you want to ask Cameron a question. Email me and I will ask Cameron. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that is it. Yeah. Uh, I am... Yeah, I'm watching murder shows. I'm reading occasional thrillers, but also, um... Yeah, getting into the, the... this new science fiction's coming out. That's exciting. And I do want to read Ursula's. I haven't picked it up yet. Um, yeah, that came out last week, I think. I think it was the last time. week. I've, I've been really into gothics lately. Mm-hmm. Again, I read that. Uh, Mexican gothic. Mm. I read The Hacienda, which, be, speaking of formulas, I had some issues with the third act in that book. Um, so I don't want to spoil it or anything, but I actually would not consider it a gothic for that reason. But I did read it. Um, and Leech is coming out in October, which I read like oh, over a right. year. You sent that to oh, me. So good. So good. Um, cause yeah, I'm on a gothic kick. Again, I think it's just, if people have said gothic is a comeback cause we're all stuck at home. Uh. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Okay. I know this is a stupid question, but I really, really don't know the answer. What makes a gothic? So a gothic is, um, you know, um, a woman who, comes into, you know, a woman who is not of means, who comes into, it could be a house or it could be some other kind of enclosed space or something um, where she has none of the power. But then through her own wits and um, strength of character, she manages to, um, you know, overcome and, you know, de-haunt the house or, uh, you know, de-haunt the, the person who... Usually, again, there's a romance involved where it's, you know, he, and he or she is of a higher class and all of that. So, um, so yeah, there are some very specific things about it. But to me, it's very important that, like, for me, this is key with a gothic, is the heroine needs to have the agency. She needs to be the one who is driving the narrative, yeah. who eventually, you know, 
gets her gets her gets her finds her a fortune you know sticks to her guns whatever it is um and that comes back to i think you know with jane Eyre, which is one of the ones that i really enjoy um because she leaves him uh he says hey i want you to just be my concubine basically and she says screw you and she goes out and she actually has her own life and does this stuff and she does come into some money um not of her own you know whatever um but I really like that one because she was just, it was very gutsy of her to be mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to, and she had agency. So that's really important to me uh, when it comes to a Gothic, that they are the agents of their own kind of transformation yeah. and Leech. Oh yeah. Like that is, oh, Leech is so good. Anyway. So yeah. When is Leech coming out? October. And who is it by? Hiron Hiron Ennis H I R O N E N N I S yeah I believe it's their first novel okay I'll try to put that in the show notes I write it all down writing it all down anyway so that's step one of being responsible podcaster right (laughs) right um so anyway as I said. If you got any questions, please email me. Put ditch diggers in the uh, information in, in the subject line. Um, just need more good comedies in my life. Just finished Our Flag Means Death. Um, uh, Abbott Elementary. Watch Abbott Elementary. Abbott it's amazing. Elementary. Okay. Hilarious. Yep. We started rewatching Ted Lasso. Oh yeah. I forgot how good that was. I mean, I knew how good it was, but then like you watch it. And you- Really, Ted's a master manipulator. <laughs> he really is. Uh-huh. Come on with kindness. <laughs> yeah, but also the the scene where he gives everybody a book, mm-hmm. and we don't know what anybody else figured it out, but Roy figures it out pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Why? Why he got that book? And <laughs> it happens when he's reading it to his niece, and he's screaming "fuck" while reading it to her. <laughs> <laughs> and then tells her to mind her own business and then gives her a kiss and then leaves. That's the most awesome experience. Um, right. Can we put the show notes in the tips? Cameron has to lock down social media like Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, I can do that. We did a show about that a while back, yeah, didn't we? I guess I don't know if I put, the, put enough in the show notes or not. Um... Yeah, I've seen, in fact, I had a viral tweet recently, um, uh, and a couple in Jeopardy went viral, too. Oh, that's right. Um, but, uh, it was something about, again, reproductive justice, and people are like, oh my gosh, I look at these comments, I'm freaking out, and they're like trying try to argue with them. I say, I don't see them. Mm-hmm. I see like seven comments on of the 350 comments that are on this, because I only see comments from people who follow me, mm-hmm. who have accounts that they have verified. Yeah. <laughs> or not verified that they have like I have a verified email address yeah uh, and I went to my Twitter settings and did that and I, I didn't see anything and you have to like dig for it if you really want to look for it um, and it was wonderful it was really wonderful so it's the only reason that platform I'm still on that platform it would be untenable yeah. Uh, otherwise yeah you helped me um, before solo came out and I still don't know if I got any crap for that but because I had it locked <laughs> up so well so that's good see? yeah <laughs> you know? yeah this go viral? Oh wait, I think this is viral. Yeah, it it took me a while because it was I only saw like two comments. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I was gonna ask you something. Damn it, it's all gone. 
Oh yeah, what you should do is like if you can do it with with privacy, do like a shared screen thing and have your assistant record you going through the the settings and locking down all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. That might be uh, that's actually a good idea. Um yeah, I can do that. Yeah, because people do ask about that all the time. Again, you asked about it. I know we have other, there are other authors who are like, oh, I see all these comments. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why are you seeing all these comments? Exactly. You know. All right. I really was doing something. All right. Stephen Joyce is streaming Final Fantasy VII. Stephen Joyce is always wholesome and delightful. Um, this has been The Ditch Diggers with uh, guest host Cameron Hurley. Thank you again for your time, Cameron. As always, I appreciate you. Um, tell people where they can find you. Well, they can find me around the interwebs, KarenHurley.com, at KarenHurley on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on um, the talk, TikTok, uh, and I share, my assistant actually has got me on uh, TikTok and it shares little like clips of writing advice that I give and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for Patreon. So if you want some just quick writing tips and stuff, uh, that uh, you can find that on TikTok as well. Same, uh, it's at Cameron Hurley. Oh, and for the rest of the month of July, I'm not sure when this comes out, just want to let, let everyone know the Light Brigade, which was the answer to a question on Jeopardy I recently. I know, was amazing! Um, it's just $1.99 on Kindle through the end of July. So pro tip, if you have not read that book, it is like the Forever War meets Starship Troopers meets Edge of Tomorrow. Um, and it was super fun to write. And Jeopardy really dug it. She got it right. The contestant got it I was like, oh, shit, yeah. So, I was going to say that it's like the one thing cooler than it being on Jeopardy was the fact that somebody got it right. Got it right. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, I am Mer Lafferty. You can see me, merverse.com. You can see the blog and show notes about this show and my other show. And, um... I'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. with I Should Be Writing, which has less swearing and um, more wholesomeness and less business and usually less anger. We'll see. <laughs> Released under Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Our music is from Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com Ditch Diggers! This is a free show that is funded by our patrons. You can help out at patreon.com slash mightymurr.